When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Oh, you might think whoever doesn't agree with you in my Twitter poll is crazy. Who would you start in goal Thursday against the Sharks? I'm up to 670 votes. Well, you people are. Uh, 64% Pickard, 36% Skinner. Go vote. It's fun. Woody will not base his decision on this poll. Senators have beaten the Maple Leafs 6-3. Capitals lead the Panthers 3-2. Three minutes into the third. Kings and Golden Knights play in half an hour. Good matchup. Kings are 7-2-2. Golden Knights are 11-1-1. At halftime, the Raptors lead the Mavericks 62-58. 16 points each for Siakam and Ananobi. Raptors up 62-58 at the half. Of course, you can get in touch, 780-496-0063. It is the good old hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You can email the show, inside sports at 630ched.com. Evander Kane on the reaction to Jack Campbell getting sent down. I think we let him down. Uh, you know, Supi's a guy that, for me, uh, regardless of the numbers, uh, he's played incredibly well for us. Uh, have there been some goals he's maybe want to have back? Sure. But there's been a ton of plays as a group we could have back. And, you know, you look at that Minnesota game, if you want to talk about numbers, he, he lets in seven goals. But, I mean, he might have been the best player on the ice that night. So, um it's a tough situation, I think, as a group. It's a wake-up call for us, and, you know, I know he wants to get back here. I know we want him back here, and we got to uh, start performing. All right, with more on the Oilers and Jack Campbell and going to the minors, he is presented on Inside Sports by Avalon Foundation Repairs, Western Canada's leading foundation repair company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty, former Edmonton Oiler now with Sportsnet, Luke Gazdick. Luke, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, Reid. How about yourself? Well, I'm doing okay. Uh, I talked to a lot of hockey fans who aren't overly happy, and we'll we'll dive into that. Because I don't, the Oilers haven't won a game since we talked last week. <laughs> so Yeah. Not too many happy folks in, in actually all of Alberta, I guess. Well, the Flames have won a couple more, but yeah, they're not in a great spot either. Um, before we get to the Oilers-specific stuff, uh, I want to ask the, the Luke Gazdick experience stuff because, I mean, you you were sent to the minors. You had to go through waivers. Well, what's the conversation like? It, you know, like I want to know everything. Does the coach tell you? Does the GM tell you? Is it brief? Do they pull you aside and have a chat with you? T- tell me about what that's how that goes. Oh man! So I think first and foremost, that's the one thing I think of with Jack that people don't 
really see or know is how much of an effect that can have on the player, especially when maybe you don't expect it. It's it's literally picking up your life and moving it to another place. And listen, I enjoyed my time in Bakersfield, but it's a lot different life and a lot different hockey, you know, being down there in Baco. So that's what I think of first and foremost with Jack is I, I really do feel for him. Um, he's an outstanding human being and uh, hope for the best for him. I'll give you just an example of the way mine went down in Edmonton. My third year, um, I wasn't playing a whole lot. Uh, Todd McClellan didn't talk to me a lot, but I will tell you that I went up to him maybe two weeks before I did end up getting put on waivers. And I just kind of wanted to know what I, what I was doing. I was like, am I, can I do something more or, you know, what, what's going on? Can I get a little bit of feedback? And he, he, uh, he didn't seem to think I was going anywhere. He, he kind of, uh, reassured me that, um, he, he really liked me on the team and, about less than two weeks later, I got called into Peter Shirelli's office after a big win, actually. We had just won a game, and I, I know it sounds crazy. We had just won one game, but uh, we had won the game, and I I, I just knew it was going to be bad because the way Peter Shirelli worked was he didn't really form attachments or relationships with any of his players, and I know that dates back to Boston. Um, Andrew Ferris told us that. Um, I, I think he thinks it's easier to, to deliver bad news when you don't have a personal relationship with a player. So that was maybe the first time I had ever talked to Peter Shirelli. I, I'm not even kidding you. Um, and my meeting was about 45 seconds and it was, Hey, we're putting you on waivers. Um, you know, we just, we, we, we don't have room for you here right now. Go down, play some hockey. Um, it wasn't too much about the future, but it was very short. And I kind of walked out of that. And that's when I put myself in Jack's position uh, a few seconds ago there. Cause that was honestly one of the worst nights of my life. Uh, I had some really, really good friends on that team. And uh, I just felt like I was such a big part of that team um, in the attitude that I brought to the rink every day, whether I was playing or not, um, you know, kind of a fixture in the community. And it was just a really tough night. It was a really, it was a really tough, challenging couple days for me um, in just getting down there and being like, man, this, this sucks. You know, like I would just rather be up there with the guys and in my house where I'm living with all my clothes and my car and all that stuff. Like you lose everything. And um, yeah, that was a tough one for me. But I, I would say that even moving into Jersey when I got waived, Ray Sherrill was very much better at that. I would say it was, it usually, and, and sorry to answer your question, I guess, generally it, it comes from the GM. It, the coach really doesn't have anything to do with that. He doesn't talk to you before or after about any organizational changes in my experience. Um, Ray Sherrill was very honest and upfront. We're, we're sending you down. This is why, this is how long you're probably going to be down for, you know, fill in the blanks. So everyone's different. Uh, but with Peter Shirelli, it was very short and to the point. Did you think you might get claimed? Were you worried about getting claimed and then there's another um, change? Yeah, but at that point, I really didn't think so. I hadn't played a lot of games to that point. I knew there was always the chance because, you know, there still was some toughness in the league at that point. And I thought, hey, maybe a, low, a team lower in the standings with some other young guys, maybe they want some meat. Um, but... 
I just call myself meat, but uh, it, it's just like, uh, I didn't think it was an option at that time. I was honestly kind of hoping that I cleared. Like I, I just, I wanted to stay a part of Edmonton. Like I, I, I loved the guys on the team so much and I just, I really wanted to be there. Um, but no, I, I cleared. And then <laughs> funny enough, man, I got picked up three weeks later. They called me back up and on the plane, when I landed, I believe in Edmonton, I saw that we had claimed Pat Maroon off waivers. And so then I'm thinking there's a fourth line winger and a left winger. Like, what well, am I even going to play? And, um, answer that question was I did not. I think we had 16 right. games left in the season and I played one of them. It was versus San Jose and I didn't play very much. So it was kind of a tumultuous end to my time in Edmonton and held a bit of disdain towards it a bit, just kind of in the way I was treated, but just trying to be a good teammate for those last couple weeks and months and, uh, you know, try to keep getting better all the time. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, I mean, and you bring the, the, the human angle to it as well. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I no disrespect towards your role, but like Jack was supposed to be the number one goalie, right? Yeah. And, and we saw him play last year, and now this year, despite how good he looked in the preseason, we're kind of left with my goodness. Like, is this? Do you look at this? And, and I, I hope you don't think I'm be trying to slam him or anything. I just think it's a relevant question. Like, is is this a is this a pivotal point in his career? Like, does do the next few weeks become a little bit make or break for him? Hundred percent. And in saying that, yes, there is a very human element to these moves that are made, and that's kind of why I put myself in that position, being a former player. But the league's about results, man. And you have to continually be pushing and pushing and getting good results. And if you don't, then changes are going to be made and you, you won't be around for very long. If you're, if you're not playing well, that's just simply the truth. And for Jack, it was just like, you know, how much longer can we keep running you out here? If, if this is the result we're going to get right. Um, they, they need a goaltender, Reed, and, and they need someone that's going to go in there and make saves. So whether that's skinny, whether he gets on a roll here, they need someone in there that is going to make crucial saves and be consistent in their, um, you know, in their starts. Um, so I, I'm sure they're looking for anything right now. I'm, I'm sure Ken looked at a lot of different options because at the end of the day, like this is his signing, right? This was one of his prize signings where we're giving this guy uh, a pretty good, healthy contract. And for him to be going down a year and a, and a quarter into his contract, Ooh, it's uh, it's concerning to say the least. Luke Gazik joining us on inside sports. Is it a little mind boggling? how many areas the Oilers are deficient in. I mean, let's say they fix the goaltending. That's great. 
in their first eight overtime losses, they would have needed three shutouts to win. I mean, it's not as if they're scoring four and a half goals per game. It's yeah. not as if they've got clean play in the neutral zone. Uh, I mean, is yeah. it? It just seems like a long way back. Or am I overstating the problems? No, it, it, it's a long list of things, man. I think. At the end of the day, when things break down or the effort's not there, you need to save. And I think people love blaming goaltending. But, man, there are just so many breakdown breakdowns I've seen and just mistakes system-wise. I broke down two of the goals against Vancouver on TV the other night. And um, the one was this kind of set forecheck where Dylan Holloway sat, set up in front of the net and Leon was um, on the other side. And Vancouver just had so much time and space on a full ice set breakout. There was so much room in the neutral zone. They made a cross ice pass in the neutral zone. And then the boys don't hustle back and trailers are just left open. It's like the amount of grade A chances that the team's giving up right now is the most concerning thing. They're like high danger slot area opportunities and chances against the rush. And in transition, they, they just look like they don't have that jump and that little, you know, quick step. Um, it's literally just been the same old story every game, just different versions of it. And listen, I, I'm the first guy to stick up for the players and, and not be going after guys and talking about effort, but like, Man, you see some pretty clear indications of guys not, literally not trying. Like, I'm sorry, but Bush's pinch where he doesn't back check back all the way, like he back checks basically to the blue line and then just stops skating. And his trailer is the guy that ends up scoring. It's like, it's a game of inches, man. And you have to, you have to be tracking back all the way for that. So for me, it's a combination of effort. It's a combination of defensive play and systems and it's goaltending. So it's, it's literally everything. And then like, even the big boys aren't going now too. Like Connor's not scoring. Leon's not scoring, uh, which I never thought we'd be saying. Um, so I think people are talking about coaching changes and this and that. And like I said, man, I'm, I'm usually one of the first guys to defend the players. And there's a lot of things that they need to clean up and tighten up for sure. So is there something like it seems like something has settled in their heads that they can't get over right now. Maybe I'm just saying confidence or they're overcompensating or they're not sure where another guy on the ice is going to be. So they're trying to do two jobs. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I see it. I see hesitation is maybe a word that um, a word that you're looking for. I look at Vinny. I hate going after guys, but I'll just say like Vinny Deharnay off that first goal that goes off his foot. You could see before he turns to box out, then he turns back, then he turns again. And it's like guys don't even really know what spots they're supposed to be in. So it's like that's concerning to me is like that's a coaching moment right there where it's like you're told to box out and like just make sure that the goalie can see that that shot and that you're not going to have any chance of deflecting that in any way like that's a perfect example of like a guy that just kind of looks like he's just a little in between and i don't know what's weighing on the guys but i will say that the body language and like the mannerisms from the guys like after goals are scored is really bad right now. And like that second goal from Suter that um, that 
Skins probably should have 20 foot, 20 feet out, straight shot. He comes out to challenge. Like you got to have that, that save. But even if he doesn't, I mean, it's still a two, one game and it's just like, guys just look so visibly deflated. And that is, that's something that I'm not used to seeing a lot. It's like Connor putting the team on his back and, you know, who cares, boys? Let's go get another one. This was the team that last year could be down three nothing, four one, and we're like, man, this team could go score, go score three goals in a heartbeat. Like, no worries. And now it's like the team that when they get down, it's like I, I don't know if this team's coming back. Yeah, I felt that too. That that a one goal deficit, I'm starting to think, uh oh, this might be over. And you're right. Yeah, like, last year, it's like, okay, two nothing, get a power play, get another one, tie it up, you're fine. Yeah. yeah, like they're how, like how many times last year would they go down two nothing, three nothing, heck four nothing? I'd be looking at four nothing. It's still early in the second or whatever, not even halfway through the game. I'd be like, they're all right, they'll be fine. They'll score two this period and two the next. Yep. That was Oilers hockey, and I understand you can't play that way on a long term scale, but they could do it. And like you said, man, now it's like they get down in the game, and it's like, ooh, man, like I, I don't know what's gonna happen here, Luke. Great stuff. Uh, thanks for sharing your personal story as well of, of a time you got sent to the AHL. Uh, we're scheduled to do this again in three weeks. Let's hope we have several Oilers victories to discuss, my friend, because they need to turn it around here quick. Let's hope so, too. Let's get this team on a heater. Good vibes. I think tonight is going to be a, a a real or tomorrow night, whatever. Tomorrow night. I, I don't even know what day it is these days, but um, it, it's going to be a good one for the boys. To get back on track. All right. Thanks, Luke. Uh, yeah, we'll see if they can get something going tomorrow against the last place Sharks. Luke, as always, presented by Avalon Foundation Repairs, Western Canada's leading foundation repair company for over 50 years and home of the lifetime warranty. Seven o'clock face-off show tomorrow. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now prior to that at five and then the game at 8.30. Oilers against the Sharks. Back for some final thoughts inside Sports on Chet. <laughs> This is Darnell Nurse from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Yeah, indeed. Set me free. Set the Oilers free for a few wins. Velvet Revolver, was that not originally from the Hulk soundtrack? It sure was. I saw that band, uh, what, five or six times, Reed. I loved seeing them oh, live. Oh, good. Yeah, they, they were great. Good tra- I think they only did two albums, right? Uh, Contraband and was it uh, Libertad or something like uh, yeah, that? Yeah, Libertad, yeah. 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 Both great albums. Really good live band. Uh, I went to Vancouver to see them and Alice in Chains. What a show that was. The Hulk movie, that was the one directed by, uh, was it Ang Lee or Ang Lee? Yeah, I think so. Was that that the Ed Norton one? No, this is the Eric Bana one. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, And it uh, it was... Was it Josh Lucas was one of the villains, and Nick Nolte was uh, Bruce Banner's dad, who kind of became the villain in the end. It's kind of an interesting movie. I know it kind of didn't do well, but there's some things I like about it. And then it was the Ed Norton movie... The Incredible Hulk, in which Tim Roth played the Abomination, and that one didn't do very well either. And then they have Mark Ruffalo, 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 whatever it is, who's a really good actor, uh, playing Bruce Banner and Hulk now in the MCU. Which that one I didn't there. see. I didn't see that one. Yeah, in I'm fact, sure. I'm so behind on Marvel, um, I don't even know where to start well, to watch Well, I'm sure those. people are glad they're updated on, on the Hulk. Uh, by the way, Luke Gazik was just on the show 
Presented by Avalon Foundation Repairs, Western Canada's leading foundation repair company for over 50 years and home of the lifetime warranty. So Calvin Pickard will, uh, I guess, join the team in San Jose tomorrow. The uh, Oilers practice in Vancouver flew down. Woody was asked if uh, Pickard will play. We'll see. See how it plays out. Sorry, what was that? We'll see. See how it plays out. All right. Revealing nothing. Short and to the point, Reed. I think they're going to play him. I, I, I don't know. I just uh, call it the uh, the Wilkie intuition. I could be totally wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. I, I'm not afraid of being wrong. It's it's starting goalie in a hockey game. It's not life or death. And, uh, and you know what? Uh, for me, I, on that poll, I'd say play him. Um, if it was me in charge, I'd put Pickard in. Why not? You called him up. Uh, Stuart Skinner, you know, like he's... He hasn't been the main problem, but he hasn't been great either, so he can watch the San Jose game and Pickard can do his thing. Who would you start in goal Thursday against the Sharks? I posted that on my Twitter account. I have 881 votes coming in. 64% say Pickard, 36 for Skinner. Uh, of course, I'm sure some of the guys were uh, a little surprised about Jack Campbell being waived. Uh, Zach Hyman comments. Obviously, Jack's a, a great friend, so I think you, you first you're there for him as as a friend and, and as a as a teammate, and I think it's part of the journey for you know for him. I think you look around the history of any player that's had you know ups and downs in his career. Everybody's had ups and downs. Some people have bigger ups and bigger downs, and and I think this is just another part of his journey. And knowing Jack, you know, I, I think he he's going to go down there and, and get his game on track, and wouldn't be surprised uh, if we see him. So. He, I think he just has to keep going and and keep playing his game. And uh, as a, as a teammate, it sucks. Like it, it sucks that we we let him down. Um, as well, we you know we we've given up a ton of high danger chances for our goalies. I think everybody looks at you know our goalie save percentage, but not every shot's the same. Like I think there are shots that have a way greater chance of going in than, than other shots and I think collectively as a team you know we haven't put Stu and Jack in, in a position to, to be the best of their abilities and you know obviously they have to make their saves too but I think as a group we can do a much better job of helping them. And that's the thing, right? It has to be. It's, it's, it's all over the ice, like we've been saying. Yes, the goaltenders need to be better. And as Hyman was saying, they also need to face a lot fewer high-danger chances. It's just been, uh, well, it's been a nightmare, quite frankly, so far for the Oilers. On a lighter note, we'll end on a slightly lighter note. James Hamlin back up with the team. Uh, I guess he did the old paying for the rookie dinner routine. Here's Hyman on that. I think he's excited about it. I mean, anytime you're up in the NHL, you're excited. And and every player in the league has has done has done just what, what Hammer has done. And uh so it's out of the way for him now, and, and I thought he played really well last game. Just brings a, a tenacious energy every time he's out there and just does all the little things right. So uh, excited for him to get that opportunity. All right, so tomorrow night, 7 o'clock face-off show, game at 8.30, Oilers at Sharks. Uh, one more quick look at the Cougar Paint and Collision scoreboard. Panthers and Capitals 3-3 with six minutes left. Overtime looming. Senators beat the Maple Leafs 6-3. Kings and Golden Knights coming up in a few minutes. Raptors lead the Mavericks 80-73. They're now at the end of the third quarter. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Jeff Walker, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Have a great evening.